Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Man, do I love Orange Cassidy. I love Jay Lethal. I love the best friends. I love Jeff Jarrett and his crazy crew. All of these people make me very happy. Also, hello. Welcome to Ups and Downs for AEW Dynamite. And what a show we have to talk about today. Because there was a couple of decisions that I don't think anybody had down on their bingo card. Also, if you're going to play bingo and you have wrestling things written down on your card, I think you're playing the right kind of bingo. Orange also had this pyro that literally lasted for like 1.2 seconds, so that was brilliant. And when Jay Lethal came out here, there were a bunch of referees to say to Jeff and the rest of his goons, I'm sorry, you're not allowed at ringside. This is going to be mano a mano. It was also for the All Atlantic Championship, and if you like that name, my word, I would give it a kiss and a hug before we do continue. And at one point, Lethal was going for the lethal combination. Orange Cassidy just kicked his hand away to stop it. Oh, wow, that's pretty smart for a piece of fruit. Eventually, they bat to the outside where Jay grabbed Cassidy and threw him into some of the still steps. And there's your homework for today's episode of Ups and Downs. Go and say that sentence to someone that doesn't watch wrestling. They will look at you really funny. Jay then did the strut and went to work on Orange Cassidy's knee because he is smart. But also, he had been doing his homework because, of course, this was the big old rubber match. Because he stopped the Stun Dog Millionaire, he stopped the DDT, and even when Cassidy was able to fight back into this, and he went for the orange punch, his leg wouldn't work, it went out on him. I don't mean for dinner, I mean it didn't work anymore. Lethal went right for the figure four after this, although I don't know why, because I can't remember the last time that move worked. And then all of a sudden, he hit this cut for a great near fall, and that actually got me. Like it was so, where did that come from? I thought we were going to get a three, we didn't. But then I had this cool bit too that tied into the story, because Jay was all like, I'm going to go for the lethal injection. But when he did do that, his shoulder gave out because Orange Cassidy had been focusing on that. And Cassidy was like, wait a minute, I smell blood. I see things flashing red. So he flew in with the orange punch and he pinned him. He is still the All-Atlantic champion, kind of. Once again, we'll talk about it in a second. And these two just have such good chemistry. I enjoy them. Of course, Lethal tried to use the Golden Globe instantly, but the ref was like, no, you can't do that. And I'm absolutely sick of it. But it turned out this was a massive ruse. Because then Jeff Jarrett appeared behind Orange Cassidy. He laid him out with the stroke and he took his guitar and he smashed it over that wounded knee. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. The best friends finally arrived and I was like, well, it took you a bit too long, didn't it? Look at your damn friend. He's already dead. And yeah, later on, we were going to be told that next week it will be Jeff Jarrett versus Orange Cassidy for this belt. Once again, I 
didn't see that coming. But I love Jeff Jarrett. He has proved us all wrong. He totally gets his role. So I take all of this and I put it in a package. We then had an interview with Powerhouse Hobbs after this, and he said he felt sorry for Wardlow, who indeed had his car broke into earlier in the day. I don't think this was a part of a story. Wardlow posted it on social media, and he lost all his gear and all his belongings. Now, that absolutely sucks, so I'm taking a positivity package, and I'm sending it his way. Powerhouse is still going to win that TNT title later. And really, again, when you tied it into the angle... I don't think Willie really cared about any Grand Theft Auto. Which is when we got a surprise. So AEW was playing with fire here, given who is a free agent right now. But Ricky Starks came to the ring and cut his big old promo and said, that's right, I beat Chris Jericho again. And now when we ask the question about who is next, maybe the question is where is next? I don't know what that means. I am pleased that we did feature him on Dynamite because right now he should be one of those guys that we do see week in, week out. But all of a sudden, he was interrupted by the Bullet Club logo that came up on the big screen. Now, you can just imagine the reaction to that. And if you stared at the crowd, they obviously thought it was going to be Jay White. It wasn't. Instead, it was Juice Robinson who was able to hit Ricky Starks with the DDT as he stood there with this crazy look on his face. So now, look, I have no problem with doing Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson, especially because I presume Ricky Starks will win. But therein lies the problem. While Juice has been racking up victories down on AEW Dark or Elevation, he hasn't really done much on Dynamite. So when you say we're going to get this program, I'm a bit like, okay, cool. I want to see it. It doesn't mean much right now. So I will say it's just a little bit of a shame that we didn't kind of sneak Juice back onto Dynamite and give him a win there and give him a promo there. So all of a sudden it would be like, oh man, what's happening with Juice Robinson? So here's what I'm going to do. As soon as you tell me this match is happening, I'm going to want to see it. So I will give it an up. But when it comes to the build, it just feels a little bit too out of nowhere. I think we've got to give it a down, especially because so many people are like, oh my gosh, it's Jay White. And I totally understand that too. Tony Schiavone was then backstage with Wardlow, rightfully so. He's pissed off because his wrestling gear is gone, his TNT title is gone, his all his belongings are gone, to the point he was wearing an FTR vest because very nicely, they had given it to an old friend. Given his mood though, now he wants to change the main event against powerhouse Will Hobbs and make it a fool's count anywhere, anything goes match. As well, we didn't need to say both of those things. Because if you say it's an anything goes match, therefore you could pin anyone anywhere, because that would be anything goes. We have so much to talk about. When we get to that main event, though, some of you ain't gonna believe it. And then Ruby Soho broke the streak. But she entered with her brand new friends, Tony Storm and Soraya, before she told them to stay in the back. And I was like, why didn't you just do that before you came out here? When she told us why she had gone bad guy at the pay-per-view. Now, she did get all the booze, so mission success when she did go. I'll tell you what I did, what I had to do. It's because of all of you fans. Now, everybody in modern day wrestling says this. However, when it comes to Ruby, she actually had a good point. Because do you remember when I fought Brett Baker for the title? You cheered her and you jeered me. And then do you remember when I was in the Owen Cup tournament? What did you do? You booed me and you cheered Chris Statlander. Then I got pinned by Jamie Hayter at Revolution and nobody cared. And I realized this is pointless. Nobody's got my back. So I'm just going to start doing whatever I want to do. I was like, that's all 100% accurate and true. 
Good work. So we can't argue with that. We are massive assholes when she also called the fans a bunch of neck, beard and mouth breathers. And that we'd also shown similar disrespect to Soraya, who had come back from injury, and Tony Storm, who was even called interim champion when she did hold the belt. She also thinks all the AEW originals are just a bunch of shib entitled idiots. And we're tying that in there. And then Sky Blue did come out to have a match, I guess, to show that I'm not a self-entitled idiot. And she got beaten in around about five minutes. Now, this was fine because it was exactly what we did have to do. And at one point, Soho was just throwing her around with cytosuplexes before she hit the destination unknown for the one, two, three. And then out came Tony Storm. Out came Soraya. They all got the spray paint and they did a little bit of branding. Amazingly, too, it was Willow Nightingale who ran out to make the save. And she was like, listen to me, Ruby Soho. We used to be tag team partners. So maybe you want to think about that. That's a terrible idea. These three beat her up. She got it too. Now, I do say the same thing every week, but I really like this angle because we're taking our time. We're introducing new people into the mix. You have to imagine that Willow now is going to team up with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, which makes all the sense in the world. And if we can get a couple of other bodies and continue to expand this, I just think it's going to help everyone. And I look forward to seeing it develop. That's all wrestling is. It's a bunch of stories. You go, I like this one. I don't like that one. This one is good. Freddie uh, Paquette then asked Hangman Adam Page how he was doing, and I could have answered that for him, and he'd been like, terrible, he's really, really bad, somebody stuck a fork in his head. But he said that actually mentally he's doing alright, although physically he's absolutely broken, but it just goes to show, if somebody is going to step up to him and wants him to go to the deepest depths, he will drag them to hell before he walks out the other side. He eventually apologized to Renee and said as far as he's concerned, he's done with Mox, although things that happen later prove that may not be true. I'm still not over that match. I was having my dinner the other day and I looked at the fork and I just dropped it. I'll never be able to eat again. But then you got a video of MJF that was shot after Revolution as he was all like, I told you I could beat Brian Danielson. He's a dickhead. And then essentially it's going to be his birthday next week. So he will see us in Dynamite from Winnipeg. It's a bit like, well, that's disappointing. I wanted to see him on this show. But I guess we can't always get what we want. More talking segments after this though, which was somewhat surprising. And out came FTR. People went crazy, so let's not pretend they're not over. And Cash Wheeler was all like, man, it's so nice to be back. We've missed you. But let's not forget we've had a terrible year so far. We lost all our championships and we lost our AEW tag belts. Then we had to go away for a while. They got far more emotional because they also chatted about the fact they'd lost their friend Jay Briscoe. And as ever, let's just send all the love to the Briscoe family. When they turned their attentions to the gun club and they were like, this is one reason we have to come back. Because Austin and Colton are getting better every single week. But to say they're the best team in the world, we got to slap them around. Therefore, FTR is going to teach them everything Daddy Ash should have done. And there's another sentence you should go and say to somebody today. And we should just do that match. We should make FTR the tag team champions again. And then maybe, just maybe, you can even go back to the Young Bucks feud. But they are going to do it for themselves. They're going to do it for the crowd. And they're going to do it for the Briscoes. So that was lovely jubbly. They are super duper over baby faces. And look, never forget, FTR are one of the best tag teams in the world. So no matter what promotion they want to go to to do their craft, we should just enjoy them for what they are. This was good. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Renee was then back with Jade Cargill and Layla Gray as Cargill told us, yeah, I don't feel challenged by anyone. No shit. This led to her saying that we are in Canada next week, which we are, and therefore she wants the best the country has to offer. So, of course, they have to be Canadian and they have to be the best. And I was like, are we going to do Jade Cargill versus Bret Hart? So I won't lie, I'm up for it. This was massively intriguing, but my big takeaway is always going to be that we need a big feud for Jade Cargill very soon. And if Chris Statlander is ready to come back from injury, not only should it be her, but Chris should probably become the brand new TBS champion. We then finally got a match after this, and while I don't mind all the skits and segments, in fact, I like them a lot, it's not really what AEW usually does, so it was a surprise, but yeah, it was top flight at AR Fox taking on the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's never gonna be bad. Now, it is a little bit of a shame that the Martins and AR Fox have become the de facto team to lose when you need another group to get a win, but they always know how to make an impression because it just went ding, 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 and AR Fox went, I wonder how fast I can go. That's right, 722 miles per hour, and he murked Chris Jericho. He also did one of those 2023 wrestling dives, and he cleared the top rope with, like, so much effortlessness it was as if somebody had told him, if you touch that AR, you're going to die. Chris was so freaked out, he kind of fell over himself to make the tag to Sammy Guevara. But eventually, the JS came together. They beat him down. And just when they were going to the commercial, they all posed together. What a bunch of wonderful dickheads. Daniel Garcia soon tagged in, but then Top Flight were like, man, we're a tag team. So they tagged in, tagged out, tagged in, tagged out, and they busted out a moonsault. And all of that happened in about 5.4 seconds because they're just so damn fast. Angelo Parker and Matt Menard were on ringside, so they just started casting distraction, which allowed Daniel Garcia to basically cut Dante off in midair. And this is when AR Fox got the hot tag and he just went crazy and it was hitting all these cutters. I love it. Darius 
also hit Jericho with a Spanish fly, which always surprises me as Dante went for another dive. Because we don't do multiple dives in a match, the world will stop. When Fox hit this sent on to take everybody out, when all of a sudden Jericho has tried to apply the walls onto Darius, but he reversed it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment with a surprise roll up. We got a two. That was big at the moment, but that is when that damn Jake Hagar, who was also out here, took his bat. He smacked Darius as hard as he could. He got hit with the Judas effect. One, two, three. That was super fun, though, because it was like watching a pinball machine. And afterwards, the Jericho Appreciation Society got in the microphone. They were like, you know what? We've been thinking about it. We are the best trios team in the history of trios. So we want a shot at the titles. What? This is what they did call out the House of Black and the lights went out. So, of course, you thought it was going to be them. But instead, the elite was here. And Kenny Mega got in the microphone and said, well, that's a fine speech. But we actually think we want to try and get back our titles instead. This is when Don Callis came out too and he was all like, listen, I'll take over here. Chris Jericho, we all know that you're a fantastic professional wrestler, but we're in Winnipeg next week. When it comes to Winnipeg, you ain't even the best wrestler from there. That goes to Kenny Omega. Callis then really wound Jericho up because he said, listen, if I could train for a couple of months, you'd be moved into number three. And here's the long and the short of it. The lights then went crazy. The House of Black were there. They said, sure, we'll take on everybody. And now next week on AEW Dynamite for the trio's titles, we are getting the House of Black versus the Elite versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I'm sorry, if that isn't Fabu, I don't know what's going on anymore. I mean, that is absolutely a pay-per-view caliber match, and it's also so smart by AEW. Because at one point, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega can square off, but you're not just giving a random one-on-one match away on television. Everybody is going to lose their mind for that. And I'm already excited because, again, this can't be bad. We'd have to enter the Phantom Zone. I'm giving it up. Tony Khan was then backstage and said, yes, next week we shall do Jeff Jarrett versus Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic Championship. However, it's not called that anymore. It's called the international title because, one, we are leveling that belt up. But, two, it's also because... The new Shazam movie is coming out in theaters. This is one of the weirdest sentences I've ever heard in professional wrestling because the new Shazam movie isn't even called international. But look, did Simon Miller go out there and search this and figure it out? Or did Simon Miller go out there and search this and figure it out? I did, and here's the reason. It was me! It was me! I did it, the wizard in the sky! Because as much as I love the old Atlantic Championship, Everyone loves international stuff. It just sounds sexy, doesn't it? Like, if I tell you, oh, I'm the international wizard in the sky, all of you are sort of like, wow, that's amazing. So I went, Allah And now Tony Khan thinks it's to do with Shazam, but it's not. It's to do with wizards and sexiness. We then cut to this video promo featuring Brian Danielson that was taken after AEW Revolution. And do you remember 15 years ago, people were going, well, Brian Daniel will never be able to get to the top because he can't cut a promo. That is absolute baloney. This was amazing. Because he mentioned that in many ways, MJF was right in what he said. Because after he came to and the match was over, he realized that his shoulders and arm was all screwed up and that he couldn't feel his legs. So now, yeah, he's not going to be able to play with his kids for a while. So he had indeed put wrestling above his family. Ship. This made him even more ashamed than the fact that he did tap out. And now that he asserts his feelings like a Jedi, there's only one thing left for him to do. And that's go home. So the rumor mill will now go crazy, but Brian was so damn emotional here, you couldn't help feel sorry for him. And maybe going home means literally going home. Maybe it means going home to the Batball Combat Club. Or yes, to tie to the crazy conspiracy theories, maybe he's going back to WWE. 
he did not mean that one. This really was quite something though, and it just made me desperate to see what Brian Danielson is going to do next. He just knows what to say and he just knows how to say it. I mean, a lot of it was probably real because he was probably spent after going one hour in the ring. But it is a massive round of applause. This was truly tremendous. And speaking of the BCC, if Danielson is going to go back to them, he surely has to be a heel. Because it was John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli with Wheeler Utah in their corner, taking on the Dark Order. And if they ain't villains now... I'm watching the wrong show. Mox and Claudio instantly attacked John Silver, and even though he did try to fight back, I'll be honest with you, it was a bit like a mauling. Even when he tagged in Alex Reynolds, who once again got a few things in there, including a dive, eventually these two just tried to rip him apart because they'd gone crazy now. I mean, at one point, Castagnoli even shouted, Tiger already hit a massive uppercut. I mean, he didn't do that because he'd get sued. I keep my fingers crossed that one day it happens. All this meant that Reynolds was going to get beaten up for a while so we could do that hot tag to Johnny Hungy. And as I've said a thousand times, few do a hot tag better than him. And eventually he grabbed John Moxley and he gave him a German suplex. Holland's edition, Horonson. It then went all two plus two equals potato because Silver still somehow wound up in that choke. I don't really understand what happened. He was able to reverse it into a crossface as when the Dark Order went for their Mortal Kombat combo. But once again, Moxley must have been mashing the buttons because he saw Alex Reynolds. He locked that choke back in again. And even though Alex tried his best to get out of it, he wasn't able to do it. He tapped out the BCC one. Instantly, though, Moxley was trying to choke everyone as Claudio was like, ha, 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 stay away. We want to kill these fuels. And eventually, Evil Uno ran out. But do you know what the Blackpool Combat Club did? They beat him up too. This led to Hangman Adam Page coming down with his music. So he must have run by going, play it, play it now. And while it kind of looked like he was just going to try and calm things down, eventually Castagnoli smacked him too. And these three came together and they left Carnage in their wake. And did they seem particularly bothered about this? No. A bunch of referees eventually came down to break this up and it was pure chaos. So now I guess we are going to continue Mox and Hangman, but it's going to be the BCC versus the Dark Order. But yeah... The Dark Order are clearly the good guys. Where was this damn club of combat? They're a trio of assholes. We didn't need this for a while, though, because all of a sudden it opens up the door for them to have new opponents. And also, John Moxley is just so crazy right now and unhinged. It makes sense he does go in this direction. But it's all very intriguing. I am giving it up. Rene was then back this time with the acclaimed. And yep, I think they may be about to feud with Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. I'm now the happiest man ever. Because they walked in and said how much they love the acclaimed like everybody else and that they love rap music. And when they do look at these guys, they see sports entertainers. So why don't they come and join the JAS? This is when Danny Ass, Max Casser and Anthony Bowens just cracked up. They said Matt Menard looked like someone from Thriller because he had this red leather jacket on. And just as they were leaving, Max was like, look, we are ready on TV more than you. Why the hell would we want anything to do with you? So I got so damn excited because if they are allowed to run wild, this is going to be goofy wrestling at its finest to the point. This is how excited it got me. I can feel it in my tum-tum. I'm giving it an up. I need this nonsense in my life. And then, <laughs> wow. For it was our main event. And as a lot of people had assumed, even though Wardlow won the TNT title at Revolution, they thought it may be a little bit of a ruse because Powerhouse Hobbs was going to take it from him. And I tell you, my friends, that is exactly what happened. They started off fighting in a car park as Powerhouse threw a keg at Wardlow, which was not a thing. And given that there was a vehicle there, they then started picking the other one up 
and just throwing them into it. I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs took a back body drop into the glass, and I don't know whether you know this, but you can't fake a car. This brawl then just got crazy as Wardlow would hit Powerhouse Hobbs with a spine buster, so Powerhouse Hobbs would hit Wardlow with a spine buster. But both of these dudes were basically selling nothing because it was big men. Slapping man me. And as I told you a thousand times, I need that in my existence. Wardlow then got an F10 for a good near fall when Powerhouse was back to the doing the damn spine busters. I think he hit three in a row. But nothing would work here to the point they spilled to the outside and Wardlow grabbed Powerhouse Hobbs and he powerbombed him into the R-way. And he hit so hard, he basically dented it. I think it must have annoyed Hobbs because he then grabbed Wardlow and he threw him through Barry Barricade so hard... He went and broke him. So this is just being ignored, isn't it? No one cares about this. No one cares about Barry. And now you literally killed him. Like, he's dead. Who the hell is going to pay those medical bills to bring him back to prominence? Disgusting. We also had this crazy moment when Wardlow set up a table and hit a senton through it. So these guys were just trying to kill each other. When they did indeed start to brawl to the top of the entranceway... And I was like, well, don't go there. Bad things are going to happen. I was right, too, because Wardlow then teased he was going to powerbomb Powerhouse off the damn stage. When of all the people, QT Martial turned up with a steel chair. And my word, he smacked Mr. Lowe right in the head as hard as he could. He was also wearing a QTV shirt, which has been being teased on AEW Dark. When him and Hobbs picked up Wardlow, they powerbombed him off the stage and all of a sudden, the ref started counting to 10. I was like, is that a rule? I thought that was a last man standing match. But apparently it was, because he got to double digits. That was that. He was done. And Powerhouse Hobbs is the brand new TNT champion. So of all the finishes, I didn't expect this one. And Taz did throw in a line where he said, oh, well, QT Marshall is a man of his word. And this ties into something that happened ages ago when Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall were having a conversation. Now, here's the thing. Everyone is going, oh, that damn QT. I can't believe it ended like this. It's made me so upset. I'm so frustrated. Then I was like, yeah, that's the point. That's why AEW did this. They were trying to piss you off. So they succeeded. I'm also glad that Martial is being used again because I do think he's better than people give him credit for. And if you do want to keep Powerhouse Hobbs as a heel, well, really, when you think about it, this is probably a good way to go about it. Now, I do agree with you that sometimes I just want to see two big guys do a big move. One, two, three. We talked about that when it was Samoa Joe versus Wardlow from the weekend. But I actually quite like this. It's got me quite intrigued. And again, did it piss me off? Yes, it did. But that was the intended result. They're meant to be morons. I am giving it an up, especially because we have to have a plan for Wardlow here. I don't think we'd just be doing it. So I'm putting my faith in the machine and we will wait and see. Which brought us to the end of AEW Dynamite. And I do admit this was kind of a strange episode. Although at the same time, they tied up a load of stories. They started a bunch of new ones and we're featuring new individuals. And that just keeps the whole damn thing fresh. Giving it an up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's AEW Dynamite. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. And there's a video on the screen right now. Give it a click and continue your What Culture Wrestling YouTube journey. You can also find us on social media at What Culture WWE and Simon316. And if you'd like to be kept up to date with wrestling, it's WhatCulture.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.